sports story everyone's talking about today is just moments away. So call or text us right now at 573-875-KTGR and make your voice heard. This is The Big Show with Andy and Brendan on KTGR. Second hour of the program. Thanks for tuning in to The Big Show on ESPN 100.5 and 105.1 KTGR, your total sports station in mid-Missouri. Thanks for tuning in online at KTGR.com and on the KTGR app. It's Andy Brendan and producer Chris. In a few minutes, a thought exercise. Mizzou men's hoops. They had a great first year under Dennis Gates last year, and this year has been down. Would you rather see those years flipped around down first year then up second year we'll talk about that in a few minutes we'll talk some uh some more mizzou football as we learn a little more about the contract details for their new dc Corey batoon and mizzou wrestling coach brian smith joins the show at 545 to give us an update on mizzou wrestling 875ktgr you can call or text us but first it's five o'clock it's time for the top five at five on the big show number one you want to trade away for curtain number one, you can have curtain one. So I'm a little bit obsessed with the odds heading into the Super Bowl and notice that the Niners opened at minus two and a half or minus three, depending on where you look. And then it quickly dropped down toward the Chiefs where San Francisco was favored by just one and a half. Now I'm seeing it back to minus two. I'm honestly surprised that the Niners are still favored in this game, but I'm honestly not complaining about it. I like that value in a jurisdiction of legality. It's just surprising to me that as we embark upon this two-week journey heading toward the Super Bowl, that people aren't respecting Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs have done to this point as much as I would otherwise think they would. Number two. Number two. Your timing is impeccable. We're going to pose this hypothetical in just a couple of minutes, so get your thoughts in with an answer at 573-875-KTGR. But would you rather flip the results for these past two basketball seasons for Mizzou under Dennis Gates? In other words, have the down year be the first year and then now be able to enjoy the riches of a 25-win season NCAA tournament win instead of doing it in the opposite order? Initially, my answer was, of course, but I guess it boils down to the butterfly effect on what a rough first year would have done to recruiting. As we know, Dennis Gates landed a top-five class in the country. I'm not sure where I come down on this, so we'll debate it in just a couple minutes. Number three. There's little housekeeping on St. Louis Cardinals news that broke yesterday. The Cardinals designated Moises Gomez, a power-hitting outfielder in AAA, for assignment to bring in Alfonso Rivas, who is a first baseman slash outfielder with a little bit of big league experience under his belt. Only 25 years old, Moises Gomez, and he led the minors in home runs just two years ago and hit 30 homers this past season. Did the Cardinals just make the next Adalas Garcia mistake? I don't think they did, but it kind of makes you wonder. Number four. Oh, it shanked it. How funny is it that the Steelers hired Arthur Smith as their new offensive coordinator? Arthur, Arthur Smith is replacing Matt Canada, but I'm sitting here wondering if anybody has ever seen the two guys together in the same room before. Aren't they basically the same guy? Unimaginative offensive minds. Ugh, sorry, Steelers fans. I, I don't think this one's going to go the way you hoped it would when they fired Canada in the first place. Number five. What is the foul? Bang, the face. Slap. Kansas football will be playing four of their conference home games in the state of Missouri next year at Arrowhead Stadium as their dump of a stadium gets renovated. They probably should have just disbanded the program, but this is a pretty funny outcome. 
That's the Big Show's Top 5 at 5 on KTGR. It's m 5 KTGR. If you want to call or text us, you know the funniest thing about it is that <laughs> they didn't even let the the other two games, like not all of their home games are at Arrowhead. Some of them are at Children's Mercy Park where Sporting KC plays. And there is a significant capacity difference between Arrowhead Stadium and Children's Mercy Park. I didn't even think they would have more than 20,000 fans that want to go to Kansas and I don't even know where they're hosting in Nikon. But it's two just kind of sorry programs or whatever. They will not like, build Children's Mercy no, Park. No, they're not won't. going to. <laughs> it's kind of. And so I think, like, did Arrowhead say, no, you can't have those games here, only your conference games? You can only do those. Like, How great is this, though? I just looked up the games and it's Lindenwood. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's is right. Great. Okay, they're not a sorry program. To, I'm sorry I said that. They're, they're a great program. They're going to lose to Lindenwood at Children's Mercy Park, and then they get UNLV. Let's as, go, as Barry. Get Barry your revenge. Odom. Get Good. your revenge. Go get him, Barry. It's no wonder they didn't want to play that one at Arrowhead oh, because yeah. the, you know, the, the Barry Odom clan would have would have risen against them. That's uh, That's funny that it's those two games that they're playing in the soccer stadium. But, like, really, I just don't think they're going to fill out those anyway. Maybe the Lindenwood contingent is close enough that they'll fill it out for them. Uh, oh, yeah. Just a, a quick drive across right. the, the state border. But I don't know. That is uh, it's very funny that they're playing. It's like the Big 12 said, look, you guys have to have a real stadium for uh, a real football stadium because there's going to be more road fans yeah. coming in anyway. So, like, don't you think that'll be almost a boost for road fans to come to? Like, they wouldn't necessarily make the trip to Lawrence but now if you're a Texas Tech fan or whatever, you're like, hey, we'll go to, Let's just go to Kansas weekend. City. Yeah. It's going to be good for tourism in Missouri, first of all, which oh, is yeah. hilarious <laughs> given that it's Kansas. Right. And it's actually probably going to make the home field advantage maybe even lesser. I don't know. There there might be the benefit of the, the KC area KU fans that'll say, oh, it's in my backyard. I don't have to drive. Yeah, you know, I don't know if there'll be a drop-off there, but it does. You're right. It does make it more enticing. On, to road uh, fans. To road fans. To be. Right. It's so funny. Don't have to go to Lawrence. You can instead go to an actually good city actual in Kansas City. city. Exactly. Yes. And and enjoy a college football game in an NFL stadium. That's not bad. I'm excited to see what it looks like. I obviously won't be attending. I'm excited to see kind of how it plays out. I'm hoping that it's just silly, embarrassing for KU. That's my hope. Oh, man. 875-KTGR. Call or text this The coach here. is too good. I mean... Who knows? Can someone hire That's a good Vince point. He already? A, he is a good. He is a good coach. I wish somebody would have taken him. Yeah, please, anybody, come on. All right, we're about to enter dreamland. We're about to enter the hypothetical scenario of okay. Uh, okay, all right. So Mizzou men's hoops this year is down after a year in twenty two twenty three where they were very up in their first year under Dennis Gates twenty five twenty five win season and winning an NCAA tournament game. Almost got to the second weekend, had a good chance to, but ended up falling short. All right. Would you rather, it because this year has not been all that fun to follow because they aren't as good, would you rather flip the years? Would you rather have Mizzou men's basketball be bad in year one under Dennis Gates and then good in year two? And again, Natalie Jones of ABC 17, I have to credit her for like giving this idea of like, you know, 
what would happen if the years were flipped. But give us your thoughts. 875-KTGR, what do you think about that? Um, would you rather see the years flipped for Dennis Gates' first? I mean, it's only a year and a half, right? Season's not over, but it's not looking great this year. Would you rather see the seasons flipped? And so, like I said in the top five at five, my initial answer was, of course, I would rather see the seasons flip because yeah. a linear progression from like, oh, a bad year to then an amazing year would make you think like the future's brighter, first of all. And that would seem to be a more standard trajectory for a new coach. It's been unusual the way that it's actually played out for Mizzou to go from pretty bad to a new coach. Just a bunch of transfers that that were mercenaries, essentially, hired guns for one year to go along with, obviously, guys like Kobe Brown, who took a huge step forward and was critical in what they did last year. But to have the success that they did, and then, obviously, all those guys graduate or go pro, and then you sort of have to restock the cupboard, and that effort hasn't been very fruitful. So, like, for me, it's an easy, like, they would have meant some hard times last year, and we would have probably said a lot of things about Dennis Gates that then we would have come to regret on the big show, but, but like, I think it's a no brainer that, yeah, I'd rather Mizzou be in the midst of a 25 win NCAA tournament bid and a win in the tournament this year, because it would signal that like the next wave that he was able to bring in as he started getting his types of players and athletes to come in and, and make up the bulk of the program that that process was working. So like, that would be my initial thought, Andy. But I know that when we talked about this off air, your kind of counter to that was, well, what about recruiting? Yeah, is it the same? Like, do yeah. you get the same? Here's here's the reality: you're not getting the number four class in all the nation if you're going what whatever you're going this year. I guess that's year, true, right? But when did those guys commit? Like, when was that happening as the season was going? I can't. Oh, it was remember. after the it season. Was after. It was. It yeah, was it during was. the summer, and I yeah. mean, I guess one or two of them maybe happened. Maybe it happened during the season, but at the same time, I mean, it's not to say they would have gotten none of those guys. They don't. They definitely don't get all five. So, right. I mean, it's it's interesting how that might have changed. Here's. Here's a th- another thing to maybe keep in mind here. I see right now a real-time comp of what it might look like if Mizzou's years had been flipped. A okay. down year in year one, an Ooh. up year in year two. I see I a real-time comp. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to let you say it. I'm not going to guess. I'm not going to spoil the fun, but I'll tell you if I was right. I'll look be honest. right now at South Carolina. Yep, that's the one. Right, Lamont Paris in year one last year. They were terrible. They were not good. No, they went. <laughs> they were really bad. They went eleven and twenty-one, four and fourteen in the league. Their best non-con win was a home win against Clemson, and they had losses against like George Washington and UAB and East Carolina. It was a bad year. Yeah, now, they they still beat Kentucky somehow uh, on yeah. the road, but I mean, still just not not a year to write home about. No, and then this year, they're they're on they're the awesome. up. Yeah, seventeen and three, five and two in the league. They're what, like second or third in between two and four in the SEC standings right now. I think Lenardi's last projection, they're like a nine seed. So I mean, it's a pretty good comp to what Mizzou was last right. year, honestly. So I mean, you're you're looking at what it could be there if you're trying to say, well, do I want to flip Mizzou's years here? 
but you ask about the recruiting ramifications. You want to know where South Carolina's recruiting rankings are right now by the same oh, metric? I, I do for the 2024 incoming 20, class. Like for the incoming year. class, it's outside the top 50. Like, yeah, it's interesting. It's down there. And so look, who would you it's take? Not, then? It's not the I mean, same. Like again, there, no, there are differences. Lamont Paris is a different recruiter than Dennis Gates is. NIL's not the same in those spots. I don't know who's better, but I mean, it's, we know Mizzou's good in that department. So I, I think recruiting would still be fairly good, even after a down year for Dennis Gates in year one, but maybe not this good. So but let's just simplify. Let's yeah. ask: Who do you think has the better season in twenty twenty four five? Uh, next year, next South Carolina year. or Missouri? Yeah, who are you taking oh, next gosh, year? Man. Because now you're three years in. Right. If at that point you're not building anymore, you've built some stuff, and now yes. it's got to. You need to be seeing some results by year three. Yeah. I I think I lean Dennis Gates. I I think I, I lean I, Mizzou. I I think I do too. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's so hard. Transfer portal throws a whole wrench into this thing. It does. And you, it's but not. Shouldn't that Mizzou doesn't put recruiting have... rankings in any sort of realm of uh, factor there. You could right. hit in the portal and be absolutely great next year. So there's that. But does part of this last year's Mizzou team? It was better than this year's South Carolina team. Like, I know that we're not making that direct comparison. Mm. That wasn't the full question. Okay. But I think it, maybe the reason that I'm thinking that is Mizzou should have beat them twice and they beat them zero times. Like, this year's Mizzou should have beaten South Carolina for sure at home. And then, you know, yeah. you can make the case that they should have been able to hang a little tougher on the road. Sure. And this year's Mizzou team is not that good. So, like, I'm not going to be hot to trot for South Carolina when they get into the NCAA tournament, at least with what I've seen so far. Not diminishing what they've done, but like I don't know, they're probably. I mean, they're probably going to go down in the first round. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just ask, like, do you think that Mizzou will outpace? Because I don't know exactly how many seniors South Carolina is rolling with this year. If that's you know going to be a, a, a tough task for Lamont Paris to replace those guys for next season, I want to believe that it's sure. Yeah. I, I want to believe that it's Dennis Gates is the answer to the question. Is that Mizzou's going to bounce back and going to be? at least on that tournament bubble, and that maybe South Carolina has a little bit of trouble sustaining this incredible season that's coming really out of nowhere after they go 4-14 and in conference, 11 wins overall last season. It's kind of where Mizzou could end up here this year. I don't know, man. I I say I'd like to be having the great year right now because I think if this team was having that kind of year, there'd be more guys from this roster that play next year and contribute next year. Last year, it was really fun, but it ha- it was always going to be a one-off because of the overwhelming amount of seniors that they that they rode into battle with last season. Yeah. So it's like it was always going to be hard to... You had to almost do it twice if you're Dennis Gates. He did it the first time with the transfers. He kind of had to do it again this year, and he wasn't able to do that. It's probably not a surprise because it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do once. He did it. Tougher thing to maybe do twice, but I still find myself going, yeah, if they win 25 games this year, knowing the kind of coach that I believe he is, I feel like he would be able to build upon that because it would be a, the infrastructure. The long-term infrastructure is more sound this year already than it was last year because it was a complete rebuild. It was a complete gut of the program, and the way that he gutted it was by bringing in Horizon League guys to win a bunch of games right away to hopefully drum up some good pub for the program and do what he did in the recruiting ranks. But like the, the infrastructure is 
hopefully we're seeing some of it in place now with the class that's supposed to come in next year and even maybe some of the younger guys that he has brought in that you hope are going to be around for the following season. It's very interesting. What would you prefer, a down year last year for Mizzou and then this year is the uh, is the year that you break out, or are you still okay with the you know the status quo of uh, last year was the year that you break out, and this year you maybe take a a few lumps, and you have the recruiting class that can give you hope for twenty four twenty five and and to come. But give us your thoughts eight seven five K to GR. Pretty interesting uh, discussion here. Yeah, I. I think you have – there are things that can stay constant, too, even if you have a down year last year with Dennis Gates. Like, I think you still get some buy-in from fans. You probably still sell out KU, and you probably still lose that game by quite a bit. But do you sell out the other games? Like, Mizzou had however many sellouts in a row uh, in, in some of their SEC games last year. No, they the would they would they had. attendance would have been like it is would now. not have been – yeah, exactly. You'd have some – Maybe some folks who still want to give that hope, but it would not be the the big time atmosphere that we experienced last season, and you'd have to try and find that again. But so, you'd find, but like if you're guaranteeing me the the last year to happen, I'd rather delay it to now because right. the the attendance would immediately fall into line. Fans go to the games when the team wins, and last year's team won, and so it would have been like okay, yeah, people don't really. They're, they're lukewarm the first year of the new coach. But if you're telling me I can lock in a 25-win season this year, an NCAA tournament win, yeah, the attendance would be fantastic, just like it was last year. People yeah. would be buying in. It's very So the attendance, yeah. I don't think there's a difference in what the – if anything, you probably get more butts in seats between the two years because the first year you would have gotten the new coach bump, even with a bad team. Yes. People would have been more inclined to support than they are now where they're going, ah, okay, this, we know what's, what's going to be guess, the case this because year. The, but the preseason hype is bigger this year from a good first year. And then if you, have a, if you have a down first year, then yeah, are folks really negligible. ready for, especially with the football year that you had, it was a great football year. Are people really ready for basketball if it's a down first no, year? No, so they like, would have had less at the beginning, but now they have more. Like, it would have it been a negligible difference. Okay, all right. Okay. There's no doubt that when they start winning the way last year's team did, the fans flock to the arena. There's no doubt. The number one factor in whether fans are going to bother going to these games is do you win? That is all it's ever been. When we have these conversations about, you know, shaming fans for whether they do or don't support, does a team win? If you give me a winning team, I will show you a fan base that supports it, especially in Mizzou athletics. That's just, I mean, that is just going to be true time over time over time. And so if they were winning this year like they did last year, even if year one had been a bust, yeah, fans would be going absolutely bananas, and we'd be talking about, it only took this guy into his second year of a complete rebuild, and now look how bright the, the present and the future is. But we're kind of like in limbo right now because I, I think we still generally believe in Dennis Gates, but we also know that this year's been a total dud. It's going to continue to be a dud, and we're going to have to kind of wait and see what happens in the offseason. Like nothing Mizzou basketball can do right now to me, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe they can – rattle off that win streak I, I joked about yesterday and make the tournament by running the table. But nothing they are likely to do the rest of the season, Andy, is going to be as critical to me as what we find out happens in March, April, May, June, as to kind of how you Rebuilding. attack the portal yep. differently. Yep. Yeah, that's really where I'm at. 875 KTGR, would you rather flip 
the first two years of Dennis Gates' tenure year. Have a good or, or have a bad first year and a good second year instead of uh, what's happening now. 875-KTGR, call or text us. Kevin here on the KTGR hotline. Kevin, what you got? Hey, what's up? Um, so, no, I wouldn't flip the years. I mean, it's, it's simple to me, the recruiting class. I mean, I, hey, man, we, like, number two coming in, um, I'm keeping the way it is. And, and, and for the Mizzou fans, and, and I get the skepticism and the badness of the of this year, but it's very simple. You know, one of my friends played D1 basketball, and he started uh, his freshman year of the second half. And he told me it was so key for him. He says he gets mad and upset when people say, well, you need to hold back. The freshmen don't need to play. They need to wait their turn. And he said it's crap because the only way you're going to know how you are and if you're going to get better is by playing. And he said, more importantly, you getting out there on the court, it's not about the speed of the game. It's also about these are the people I'm going to be facing. Now I know what I need to work on and what I need to get better at moving forward. And I think that's where Mizzou is at. So the Robinson, the seconds, the Aiden Shaw, the Bates, um, the tall light skin, the tall light skin, seven Butler, that we Butler, got. Yep. Yeah. Butler. And I think we got another freshman shooting. Trent Pierce. I think, yep. yeah, they need to play heavy minutes because all those dudes I named, could all of them potentially start next year? Probably. I mean, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So, so they have to play now because more importantly, they need to play now so they can figure out, oh, I got to work on my game. This is what I need to do over the summer. Yeah. This is what I need to work on over the summer to get us better. And then those incoming freshmen coming in, now you have a great bench that you can rely on, that you can bring along. But now you got these guys who played heavy minutes towards the second half of the season, and now they know what they need to work on with their game to make Mizzou better and to make themselves better. So, yeah, I'm not flipping. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, well if, and appreciate the call, Kevin. You're on the Big Show KTGR. Because, yes, you, you're you seeing uh, – and those guys are going to be – those guys would be there anyway because Dennis Gates, for the most part, got those recruits in, I think, before the, the last season started. Like, he got Anthony Robinson, Trent Pierce, and uh, and and Jordan Butler, Jordan Butler. on yeah. on board – Kind of before we really saw what twenty three twenty four was going to or twenty two twenty three was going to be from Mizzou hoops, and there was already great recruiting men- momentum from the transfer portal too. Like I, I know Isaiah Mosley didn't work out, but he he created great momentum from the portal, and you saw like get them getting Noah Carter and Demoy Hodge and guys like that. Like it was it was stoking the fire a little bit. So yeah, I I think. I I don't know if I would change it either, Brendan. I would I would maybe stay on like look this. It is what it is. It's tough to watch right now. I get it. You still know what this team is capable of under this coach. Yes, Kobe Brown was a good, a big part of the success last year, but it's big not part. like you could have gotten a Kobe Brown in the latest recruiting class that you got. And so I, I think you just have to wait and see. Kobe Brown was not the NBA player that he turned into before Dennis Gates got there. Like, he gradually got better and better and better, right? Can I ask? I was going to say definitively I would actually switch the years, despite what y'all said. I would switch it, and then it would be a a case of having the recruiting class to follow. If Dennis Gates is that type of recruiter, he would do it off of the strength of this season. But the one caveat would be, 
That basically means Kobe Brown, no NBA career. And I don't want to take that away from Kobe Brown. So on that alone, I might take my answer back and say, leave it the way it is. Does that yeah. make sense? Because yeah. if, if Mizzou goes 11 and 21 last year, Kobe Brown's not in the NBA. Right. Like that would mean he didn't turn into that guy. And I like that he turned into that guy. So maybe on that alone, Andy, I say, yeah, let's roll the dice and let the right. chips fall where they may. I trust in Dennis. That's where I'm going to land officially. And and I sure hope that there's somebody on that on that recruiting class, whether it's this one that Dennis Gates got to play this year or the the big time five players that he's got coming in for next year. If they do what Kobe Brown did, just get better each and every year that you are on the team. Kobe Brown didn't start as a freshman as an NBA player, but he turned into one. Then it'll be coming. Trust me, it. I think it that's. Will come. I, I think that's probably I think that's probably right. That and said, again, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to trust in Dennis Gates. Yeah. That said, please, please, please get a win this be, week. Like uh, yeah. a win. Come on. Hosting Arkansas tomorrow. Traveling to Vanderbilt for the weekends. Those are two very, very gettable games. That, as far as the conference schedule goes, they're the most gettable games on your schedule left. Please get at least one of them. Hopefully both. You know, just be nice. Get something. 875-KTGR, call or text us. Would you flip the years that Dennis Gates has had so far at Mizzou? Would you rather have a down first year or a and a good second year or keep it the way that it is? Give us your thoughts on that at 875-KTGR. We will talk more about that, get some of your uh, calls and texts, and talk about the reported contract details for Mizzou's new defensive coordinator. What we think about that. And Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach, joins us at 545 here on The Big Show. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. Interesting discussion. Mizzou men's hoops, of course, had a great first year under Dennis Gates and right now having a down second year. Would you rather flip the years? Have a down first year and a great second year? Kind of what's happening at South Carolina right now under Lamont Paris. They had a bad first year under him, but this year, squarely in the NCAA tournament conversation, near the top of the SEC standings and, and playing very well uh, after getting some good guys to the portal. 875-KTGR, call or text us. What would you rather see? Uh, let's see, Daniel texting in. I'd rather win the first year, get recruiting going, have an off year just for the new recruits and transfers to come in and really get the team going. So, yeah, basically how things are going now. With that said, it's hard to watch. Yeah, not denying that. It's, it's not to say that you accept this this year, like you're okay with it, but it's yeah. reality, right? It's just the what you're living in at the moment. Yeah, I'd want to switch it at first blush, but the implication of of everything that would probably go with that, a lack of top five recruiting class on the books already, a lack of, I don't know, general buy-in. Like it would have been so many times to have spent the last year going, Oh no, did we hire the wrong guy? And I don't think anybody's thinking that right now, Andy, even as they're going through the season that they're having. Yeah. No, I don't think we're we're to that point. And um the next few years will be a lot more informative on how that looks uh for Dennis Gates' time here. Look, you, you got the high-ranked recruiting class. Great. Hopefully those evaluations that you had on those uh players are actually true and you and you bring them up and you get them all acclimated with each other, they work together as a team, and, and build something. That's the hope. Um, in a changing landscape of college athletics, it's hard to keep players in one spot all the time, so it, as much as you can get that going, too, definitely helps. 
it, there's a lot that has to happen before we even get to that point, though. So that's kind of the that's kind of the main thing. But, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm excited to get to the part where we see how they handle the offseason. Yes, that's it, because it could go very well. It could also be like if it's another transfer season like this one was. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little skeptical going into next year again, and I don't want to feel that way. Well, I guess the good news is it starts in a month and a half. So that's <laughs> yep. That's all that you got to endure, I suppose. And hopefully, Mizzou gives a bright spot or two along the way. But uh, this this week, it'll it'll kind of have to start uh, almost immediately. Eight seven five K to GR. Give us your thoughts on that. Would you rather flip the years that Mizzou men's hoops is having the first two years under uh, Dennis Gates? All right, uh, we're we're seeing the reports now. Uh, I believe Eli Hoff of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and Gabe Bjarman of PowerMizzou.com both had it and uh, some others as well. Corey Batoon, the new defensive coordinator at Mizzou. Batoon and Matata. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well done, Brendan. And um, his contract is uh, reportedly, according to those uh, two folks who had the numbers there, three years, million dollars a year for Corey Batoon which is, I believe, his his salary at South Alabama as defensive coordinator was less than 300000 So he's getting wow. a big-time jump Wondering why salary. he took the job. I know. <laughs> why, why would he <laughs> ever nice take an SEC defensive coordinator job? Hey, Corey, can you spot nice me like bump. a tenor, please? Thank you. <laughs> it's a nice bump for Batuta yeah. Matata. Congrats like to it. him, honestly. That's a, that's a big-time uh, big raise. Uh, so, I mean, those... I'm not too – I mean, there's not really a, a huge take on it. I, I think there's – it's interesting to know going in, though, what you've kind of got at your disposal and what this could could mean for the defense and essentially maybe keeping other guys on your staff. It gives a little more room to uh, maybe pay some of your other assistants a little more money and uh, maybe even get another assistant. Who knows? Like, I, I don't know how they'll divvy it up, but uh, this was it, – it's – Excellent for Corey Batoon relatively to what he had, and I think excellent for Mizzou's purposes relative to what they were willing to give somebody else, or that somebody else being Blake Baker. I mean, they obviously prefer to have him, but, I mean, the the money that they were willing to give for that, they're now giving significantly less than they were having to maybe budget for. Right, which I don't care about as, at all um, because – it just is what it is. And, like, no, this doesn't instantly mean, you oh, know, the athletic department can take their budget and now throw it at a couple of linebackers. Like, it doesn't, again, Tennessee probably did that. That's why they've got NIL ah, <laughs> restrictions. No. But, but, like, I know that's the simple answer of, like, oh, good, more money that we can use toward players. But, like, it's not, we're not, I mean, to, to, that to, point to in take care of coaches yet. probably is a, is a better way to, to frame it. But, yes. Yeah. But just to be clear, like, they can't just take that budget and allocate it, like, no. We're the university. Let's pay some players. That's not how NIL works yet. I mean, I think someday it will, but it doesn't yet. They could they could tell a donor like, "Hey, here's a little bit of your money back and funnel it that way." I don't know if Tennessee got in trouble for that. I don't know if that's what they did, but I, yeah, I don't. I, I, I hesitate to make like formal suggestions right, I no because I don't know what how. I didn't know you could even get in trouble for it, Andy, like we both said <laughs> right. about Tennessee. Neither did like, Tennessee. I thought, I thought we were done with this, guys, right. but apparently not. So I guess be on your P's and Q's. But uh, yeah, how much they pay the new guy, I hope they're paying him $2 million next year to keep him because I hope 
that he has a you know, national title caliber defense. Right, yeah. Yeah, like the more money he's getting paid, the better in my opinion. But guy that was making 300K up to a million now I think is a deserving raise. And it's good to just be kind of commensurate with being an SEC defensive assistant. Like they're, 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 they're still paying the guy, so that's good. Yeah, and so uh, to be able to give that kind of an incentive to a guy coming from uh, the Sun Belt, big, uh, big bump there. But uh, it, you know, it's very interesting because I and I don't even want to try and compare the contracts at all. But so Corey Batoon is was the defensive coordinator at South Alabama. The head coach, Kane Womack, is now also at SEC DC. He's now at Alabama. Kaylin DeBoer hired him. Right. They're facing off later this year. On homecoming, apparently. <laughs> Alabama For Alabama's homecoming? Game there. Yeah, really? Did you see that today? I did yeah. not see that. Oh, dear God. That, that Did you guys, you guys didn't notice that? Yeah, Come on, man. That the Mizzou game is their homecoming. We are going to absolutely have a lot of fun leading up to that game with the, the you just feel like, oh, it's homecoming. We're going to schedule the Patsy. Get ready. I'm telling you, the more things I see, the more confident I get that this is going to be an interesting time for Alabama in that game. Wow. I did not see that. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, you're, you're already talking about the, the ramifications of Alabama being different from Nick Saban to Kalen DeBoer now. And whether that benefits the the opponents on their schedule and gives them more of a chance to pick off that uh, Alabama team on their schedule, but now you have the the two DCs squaring off essentially uh, as former uh, you know colleagues, former teammates. And then you have homecoming. You have the fact that both these teams are probably going to be in the top fifteen if everything stays constant. Like if everything goes to chalk. With how the the season is supposed to go to that point, I'd say it is a top, at least a top fifteen, right? Maybe top yeah. ten. I think that's probably about about right. Yeah, I, man, I want. Is it weird that I just want to beat Alabama now? Like realistically, that should not that's be all something you, you want to do, or that you think can happen going into a season. But now it's just like it feels it feels kind of plausible enough to where like now I have. I'd rather beat Alabama and lose to Oklahoma. No. Ooh. Even knowing that it would probably be better for the ranking to topple Bama. But we don't we also don't know that for sure. What if Bama's not a top five team when Mizzou goes there? Well, that's true. If they lost yeah. a game or two. Yeah. What if they're so, they're back down to where they were before Saban? Definitively, if you still can only give me one, I'm still taking Oklahoma. November 9th. Wow. The the date is memorized. I think I, committed I think I agree. to memory. I think I agree. Yeah. Um Texas A&M or Alabama? Alabama, for Both sure. road games. Okay. Yeah. And, like, so the bummer of that is if you're telling me I get A&M, it means unbeaten going into Alabama. And then, but, and then you lose it, yeah. Yeah, which is, like, still probably fine for your ranking. But you're probably planning on that anyway, right? Yeah, but you're playing – but I'm thinking – I'm thinking you lose to A&M, that could maybe be, like, a galvanizing game. So every season maybe needs one of those, right? 2013 sure. South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. In in this season, you could argue LSU was that game um, because even though Mizzou did lose to Georgia after that, they played really really well. Right. In so it, yeah. I think losing to A and M is almost like the gut check toward an 11 and one season, especially if you're telling me again with hypotheticals 
that I win Alabama. And you um, you make the playoff yeah. if you're eleven and one, like a hundred percent. Yeah, even if you don't even play if you're in the not SEC in championship the, game, exactly yeah. right. Yep. Whether you do or you don't, I think you're in the playoff. Even if you lose the SEC championship, it might even game. help if you don't. You know, <laughs> it probably would help. Don't play in the don't. championship game. I've often that's said where this. it's going to get interesting. That's where it's going to get very interesting for those wow. those. There are going to be those types of teams in multiple Power Five conferences that have that. It's not really a dilemma because they don't have any choice in the matter. Right. But they're going to have that scenario play out. It's going to be interesting to see the public response to it. Gosh. I can't wait already. 875-KTGR. Call or text us with your uh, your thoughts on Corey Batoon. Again, they, they've made it official over the weekend. We, didn't even, we barely mentioned it yesterday. They did make it uh, officially official. The reports came out on Friday. We kind of talked about it then. But now it is absolutely happening. And uh, we'll see if there's a chance to hear from Corey Batoon at some point in a in a press conference uh, or or uh, coming up near future. But man, I just hope that he doesn't try and change too much from what Blake Baker was doing. It sure seemed that what he had scheme wise was was simple enough for Mizzou's uh, players to to grasp and find ways to to get successful there. I just hope that, uh, again, the, the spring doesn't have a big-time portal sort of exodus from from what happens there. That's kind of what you're trying to endure a little bit. A hundred percent. And yeah. now we just kind of wait. Like, it's kind of – we're in that waiting period. We really are when it comes to what's going to happen. And, and, like, I feel like the roster is in a good spot, but we know it's not going to necessarily be what we see come August. So – it's just kind of a waiting game, Andy, but I don't know. I I like that they hired the coordinator. I like that we, we can call him Batuna Matata, and I like that uh we're we're just kinda we're kinda set with where things are. No, I get it. Batuna Matata. See how long I'm, it goes. I'm not, until... I'm not stopping. You're not I stopping? Stop. All right. I and and at this point I hope you don't, because that means things would be going well for uh Mizzou's defense into twenty twenty four. All right, uh up next, things going well for Mizzou Wrestling. They did take uh, a loss this weekend, but hear from Brian Smith on how he wants to see the team bounce back going into a huge duel with Okie State this Sunday. That's next after this live local sports center. This is Mike Kelly. You're listening to The Big Show Podcast on KTGR.com. We're back on The Big Show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brennan and producer Chris. Mizzou wrestling over the weekend on their road trip, uh, split a couple of duels against some top 25 opponents. They defeated West Virginia on Friday by a score of 30-6, to uh, but then fell to Cornell by a score of 20-16. to And Brian Smith, the head coach of Mizzou wrestling, joining us here on The Big Show. Coach, uh, I guess just kind of uh, with, with the ups and downs that your team had this weekend, what what kind of stood out as far as how you got how you guys responded to all that, and now turn the page to the next one. You know, we wrestled well against West Virginia and uh, lost a couple close ones there too. But then, um, you know, you, you lose those tight matches, and we lost two of them against West Virginia over highly ranked top ten kids and have the opportunity to win. And then coming into Cornell, I knew there was going to be three or four really tight matches and 33, 41, 49 and 97 all were, you know, decided by a a takedown at the end. And we, we came on the short end of all four and we just got to improve there. It doesn't mean we're a bad team. It doesn't mean we're, 
you know, we're in a, it's, it's how we're going to respond to that, losing those tight matches. We've got to find a way to execute and score at the end there and win those matches, and we win the duel. So that's all. And I think our kids are mature enough to know that, that it was a, not our best weekend at Cornell, but how we respond to it's going to be what really you know decides the fate of this team. Yeah, and when you talk about some of those closer matches, what's kind of the experience that your guys get in those when uh, when they know it's close and you know it it gets late and uh, it's time to make a move at some at some point? What's kind of the way that you uh, kind of coach them in those situations and uh, and what's kind of the edge that they get most of the time? Well, it's just it's more the mental side, you know, with Cade Morey beating the returning national champ and world champion. And the whole match until the very end, he lets it get tied up and then gives up riding time and had an opportunity to win that and let it slip away. And the way he wrestled the first six minutes was different than the last minute. And he's got to learn from it. He's a freshman taking on a national champ and really took him right to the wire. But it's good that he got in that and, uh, you know, in a hostile place and the place going nuts when he's falling behind and, he knows he's been in it. He's been in the fire and can respond better the next time. And that's all you can do is learn from it and grow. And and it's just uh, like at 41, Josh Edmond lost two really tough, tough matches to top 10 guys. And he's got to do better. And, you know, both of them, I think, were uh, either overtime or close to it. And just didn't score takedowns. He, he shot. He got behind. They didn't give the points. It was very frustrating. But... He's got to respond this week with, what am I going to do to overcome that? I can't blame referees. I, I got to step up and say, I'm going to finish these takedowns. So that's what you go through that and you just prepare them that way and get them to mentally tougher and ready for that the next time. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And so with them going up against guys that, you know, can, can be top 10 guys most of the time, getting to uh, get that experience for, for later on in the year. Uh, what kind of things uh, do you then take into these, uh, this final month of the season or regular season, we should say, uh, with, with how those guys are trying to work on those things and then, all of a sudden, you've got a, a top five opponent in Oklahoma State this weekend. So, what's sort of the way that uh, that, that they turn the page on that and train and and find ways to get the edge next time? I mean, I, I this is the easiest week for me to coach, even though it's the most difficult competitor. Usually, Oklahoma State has become our biggest rival. You know, from the old days of the Big Twelve to returning to the Big Twelve, and just the duels we have with them, the competition at the Big Twelve tournament. So it's just it's it's not hard to get the the laser focus from our team. They they know what's coming and that's gonna be a big crowd and but they have to execute because, you know, Oklahoma State right now was is better than, you know, what the media with all your people said in the beginning of the year. They're a younger team and those young guys are really stepping up and they're undefeated. They're they they've beaten some really quality opponents this year, just beat Number three, Iowa State. They've beaten North Carolina State when they were ranked second or third. They are rolling right now. So for us to go in, we have to be prepared and go in and take the fight to them because they're going to bring it. Yeah, and of course with, you know, 
big time duels like that and big time environments. Uh, I know it's easy to, to to motivate guys for for duels like that, but just when you when they're in the moment and they and they know that with each match and it, the tension gets higher and higher. Just how do you in those types of situations when uh, when you have two top five opponents like that? Uh, what's the best way that they kind of focus in on the opponent and uh, and block everything else out? Focus on what you do best. I mean, that's what we tell our kids to do in every match. But know your game plan, know how to execute it, and stick with it. And when there's some close calls from a referee or if it's the crowd's going crazy and it's loud and you don't hear anything, you shouldn't. You should be focused in on what you do. It should be just you and that other your opponent across the way and focused in on your technique and how you execute it and you'll do great. And then all good things happen. You got to learn to block all the other stuff, all the distractions out. Brian Smith, Mizzou wrestling coach here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. So the Tigers again, uh, have a big duel this weekend against number five, Oklahoma state. It is uh, the, the final home competition in the regular season for Mizzou wrestling. So your last chance, uh, to do, to go and catch them and what an environment it's going to be as the Tigers get set, uh, for the Cowboys this weekend. Coach, thanks so much for coming on and talking with us today here on the big show, KTGR. Uh, thank, uh, thanks again for the time and good luck this weekend as uh, we get set for that big duel at the Hearn Center. Appreciate it. And uh, the other thing is those three seniors that will be in the starting lineup, uh, all three All-Americans with Brock Mahler, a local kid, and then you have Peyton Mako and Zach Elam, just all three already All-Americans in the past going for it again and the last time they're going to wrestle in the Hearn. So it'll be a special night for them, too. Yeah, for sure. And they'll, they'll get uh, a whole lot of, uh, some, some big ovations, I'm sure, with, uh, the way that they have wrestled, not just this year, but in years past, I know for sure, for those three guys and, uh, and, and kind of kept the program going the way that they have. Yep. So again, that'll be a, a big thing to go and circle. So make sure you go and check that out at the Hearn Center this Sunday for Mizzou and Oklahoma State, a big time duel, uh, in Big 12 play. Thanks, coach, for taking the time as always. Hope all is well. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Andy. You bet. It's the big show on KTGR and KTGR.com. It just about does it for us today. Thanks to Brian Smith for joining us and Will Carroll, the injury expert, for joining us last hour. You can hear both of those conversations at KTGR.com or on our podcast page, which you can get at the KTGR app. We're back tomorrow from 4 until 6 to talk more things Chiefs and more things Mizzou. And stay tuned because at the top of the hour, an encore presentation of the Chiefs Kingdom show is coming up next. You'll hear from Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, as well as Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, so stay tuned for that. He's Brendan, he's producer Chris, I'm Andy, we're done for now.